Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And I'm back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler. Talking money and investing. Okay, so um, there was an article in uh, Think Advisor. It's written for financial advisors. And uh, the article says this. So this is what financial, the type of stuff that financial advisors are reading. Every once in a while, I like to bring this up to you just to kind of on stuff. Uh, but anyway, which I like to do. 6040 uh, portfolio was never dead, says a, uh, a researcher, Vanguard researcher. Now, we don't have a dog in the fight on mutual fund companies. I'm not a big fan of a lot of the, you know, the, the mutual funds that there are a couple of funds that I think are okay that Vanguard has. And like when we're allocating people's 401ks, we might use them. So people are going, Hey, you know, you're picking on Vanguard and you had us use that in our 401k. Uh, they, they can be good in some areas as opposed to some of the more active managers in 401ks that we see. So we're known to use them in some certain certain circumstances but uh, we don't have a dog in the fight because we don't get paid by mutual fund companies but uh, anyway so i see stuff like this and i go i want you to kind of get what's going on in the investing industry because the more you understand this stuff the less you can get taken advantage of is the way i put it it says the allocation has done well by investors over the long term despite weak performance in 2022 was the point being made here historically small percentage of stocks have generated most u.s market returns and that's the point they were making 60 40 because it was been it had been talked about for a while now that the 60 40 portfolio is dead 60 percent stocks 40% bonds, which is what is often talked about as a portfolio to take an income from in retirement, is dead. It doesn't work anymore. And I heard lots about that over the past few years. And it, because, you know, if you look at the research on how much income you can take from a portfolio, there was research going back to the year 1900. So you got a certain amount of money. You're trying to take an income every year from that money that you've accumulated. How do you do it? Well, you, you got to figure out how much in stocks versus bonds that you own. And the research that was done looked at how much should you own in stocks. And the research said that minimum 50% of your portfolio being in stocks. This is Bill Bengen's research. You can go up to like 70, 75%. So 60% is right in the middle. And you can take that income and increase it for inflation every year. And what he did is he looked at 30 year periods. You know, so you're retiring at age 65, you want the money to last at least till 95, let's say. You know, cause most people are, they're gone by then, right? So, and you wanna be able to increase your income every year for inflation because you know, 30 years ago, you could live on a fraction of what it takes to live right now. I mean, just a couple of years ago, <laughs> you know, you could live on a fraction of what you need to live on right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, so we want to make sure that we have our income keeps going up as time goes on. Well, how much did you have to have in stocks versus bonds 
And that's what the research was and how much income you can you take. So you hear the 4% rule. So I got $100,000. For every $100,000 I've got, I can take four grand. If I have $200,000, I can take $8,000 a year. If I've got $400,000, I can take 4% of that and you know, I can take $16,000 a year and increase it for inflation each year. So 16,000 one year, maybe 17 the next year and increase it every, every single year. So what happened is a lot of the researchers, quote unquote, came out with data and says, oh, the 60-40 portfolio doesn't work anymore. It's dead. Doesn't, why did they say that? Well, what happened in 2022 is stocks went down. It's a rough year for the stock market and interest rates went up. And when interest rates went up, longer bonds especially dropped in value. Now, what I've always talked about on this show for well over 20 years is bonds aren't there for return. They are there for stability. Shame on you if you as a mutual fund company invested too much in bonds that were longer term bonds. That was the problem you ran into. And that's exactly what happened is these mutual fund companies, you know, like, like Vanguard, they had this. They had a, a fund, which was a, a life strategy. I think it's moderate growth is the one that they have, which is 60-40. 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Well, I looked at what happened in 2022. No wonder people were coming out and saying, it doesn't work. It didn't work. You know, there was a problem. In the first part of the year, the first six months of the year, their bond fund that's in that fund that they invested in went down over 10%. International bonds, about 10%. Why? Because their durations were bad. They had a 638 duration, 6.38. In English, what that means, a 1% increase in interest rates drives down your bond prices by over 6%. 7% in the international bond fund. So they were buying the wrong types of bonds. Yeah, you know, and this is something that I I've I've used and I've said, hey, 60-40 portfolio worked fine. Why did it work fine on my end, but it didn't work for them? Because our durations were like two, a fraction of it. And some of the duration on the bonds were less than one, far less than one. In fact, some of the bonds actually went up in value when the stock market went down which is what I've talked about on this show for over 20 years. You've got to watch the risks. You can't be investing in bonds with high durations, interest rate risk, and also when they're lending money to companies or governments with one foot on a banana peel and the other in a bankruptcy court or insolvency. You can't be doing that. And that is the problem is the mutual fund companies, they, they go out there and, and you know, and so often they will, they will invest money based on, we got the lowest management fee. To heck with how we manage risk. <laughs> and you look at that same point in time, their total stock market fund went down 21%. 21%. In a year, that small value stocks only went down three. So that was another problem. They weren't investing... And that was just the first six months. For the for the first for the first nine months of the year, their total their total bond market fund went down almost fifteen percent. Their international bond fund went down thirteen percent for the first nine months of the year for the first three quarters. 
and you had a 24% negative, 25% negative return for their U.S. fund in a year that ended, as I said, with some areas of the market hardly going down at all. What was the problem? The problem was that they weren't diversified, A, and that they had the wrong types of bonds, B. Other than that, they were great. <laughs> you know, so, you know, recognize when people say, oh, the 60-40 portfolio is dead. And then they come on and say it was never dead. And that is like, oh, what? Which one do you guys believe? Do you believe it's dead or it doesn't work? Because when you said it was dead last time, what I did is, is I bailed on it. This is the problem for investors. When you said it was dead before, I bailed on it and I did something different. Now that it came back to some extent because interest rates went down some, now that it came back and I wasn't there when it came back, you're telling me it's not dead anymore. Well, you're giving me the information too little too late. And he's just, where is the responsibility for this stuff? That's what makes me crazy. And there's just no responsibility for the end investor. Oh, it just makes me nuts. Paul Winkler, Investor Coaching Show. 60-40, fine. The research has been fine. you got to follow the research. Diversify, diversify, diversify. Keep the durations short. Keep the credit quality high. You can't break the rules and expect that it's going to work out just fine. Hey, guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products, and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. All right. I am back on the Investor Coaching Show, Super Talk 99.7, WTN, paulwinkler.com. So I saw, I can't remember if I covered this, but there was an article talking about that your credit report and your credit score doesn't matter. And I've heard that, you know, people say that and go, yeah, it matters. And there was another article that actually pointed out that I had pulled from some magazine. I can't remember where. I, don't, I just don't have it with me. But it was talking about that it actually does matter. And it talks about it, it does matter because it can determine what you pay for insurance. You know, because insurance companies, you know, if they look at you and they're going, I'm looking at insuring this person, but I have no clue whether this person is a person of character. Sometimes they will look at your credit report. And even an employer may hire you, you know, look at credit report because they want to know if you're a person of character. And typically the, the, what they do is, and this may not always be universally the case, you might have something that happens that's just bad, bad luck or just, you know, something, you know, happens and you're just going, oh man, I end up with a big medical bill or, you know, there, I've seen all kinds of stuff over the years where people end up with a bad credit rating 
And there was just really nothing they could do about it because circumstances were so bad. And it was just something that nobody would have expected happens to them. But, you know, that being the case, you know, an employer or an insurance company is trying to figure out whether you're a person of character. They will often look at your credit report. Why would an insurance company look at that? Well, because let's say if you got homeowner's insurance and they're worried that you're going to file claims, you know, that are a little bit fraudulent to try to get money out of them. Well, typically, if you look at somebody's credit report and their credit rating is high, it may give you an idea that the person is of higher character because they pay their bills and therefore they might not be likely because they're not in financial straits. They might be likely to not try to defraud the insurance company. So that's why, you know, that's why credit, uh, credit, your credit report and your credit score can still be a really big deal. Well, somebody asked me the question, I was like, well, how do you get a good credit rating? What do you do? And, you know, sometimes I've told people, you know, get a gas credit card because you're not going to buy more in gas than you need to use. Uh, but the other thing is that you can do is you can actually go get starter credit cards. That's another thing you can do. Sometimes people will get like student credit cards or store credit cards and just make sure you pay it off every single month. You want to be what's called a deadbeat to the credit card issuer. <laughs> and you say, what's a de deadbeat? What are you talking about, Paul? Um, that was an old thing that uh, I remember Ron Blue, he was a financial guy. He, he would write about that. And he said, deadbeat is somebody that pays off their credit card every month. But you can get a secured credit card. You put down a certain amount of money. Uh, but there are articles out there that you can read about getting, like there's an article about how to get a credit card for the first time. Uh, you know, best credit cards for beginners. You know, trying to make sure that you get credit cards that don't have annual fees. And maybe you won't get any rewards or anything like that or welcome offers, but you can start to build your credit. Just be really careful to make sure to pay off the doggone thing every month. Be a deadbeat in that area. <laughs> because they don't make any money. That's why they call you a deadbeat. They don't make any money off of you. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.